Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. It's going to be a doozy today. It's going to be a lot of fun because we got some fire festival we need to talk about. We got a double header for you. We are talking about the fun belt, question mark, and the SEC. We got the U.S. Women's National Team that we need to talk about and whether or not somebody was right. BYU Fall Camp has started. There is so much going on that we need to talk about. The Rock is self imploding. I don't. I don't know. So much to talk about. Imploding. <laughs> Heck yeah! Zach Wilson is playing in a football game right now, like as what? we speak. Um, yeah. So, um, craziness is happening. Let's get straight to it. But before we do, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal to Royal Pot. Leave a review for the episode if you enjoyed it. A five star review would be appreciated, but an honest review is always appreciated more. We love you guys. Let's get to it. Let's boom. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here, that's right! Let's back this ruler. Yeah! Ah! Yeah! Yeah! Let's go wild Let's now, go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> We're at a waterfall, dude. Oh, cool. He put his butt back in. Go, 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 go. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, as Dan would say, to the best pod. The best pod. Yes. Just, welcome, just the pod. welcome to the podcast. It's so awesome. It's the best. Uh, I would sing along with you, but because we're on Zoom, I don't know if it would match up and it would sound pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows, man? We, we're trying everything. We've done in person. We know you guys like it. We tried that other recording software. You guys kind of ate us up on that one. We appreciate <laughs> the feedback, though. We we're do. trying Zoom. Is this good? We don't know. You guys are going to have to tell us. Make sure you leave a five-star review and let us know how the audio quality is. Or, or a three-star, or two-star, or one-star, four-star. Who knows? Or just message us on Instagram if you feel like you don't want to bring down our rating. That's okay, too. Uh, okay. We can just rate it five stars and say this podcast sucks. That's okay. I, it's I mean, okay. yeah, that's, that, that's fine, I guess. Did. Yeah, I, yeah I guess so. <laughs> um, well, Justin, you are in Georgia, correct? In Sunbelt Country, yep. Mm-hmm. Sunbelt Country, nice. Not SEC. This yep. is Sunbelt Georgia State. Country. Exactly. Um, I flew into Atlanta. The city of Georgia. Georgia State, baby. Oh, okay. Georgia State's okay. Georgia State. This is a Georgia State state, okay? Okay. Do you think they care about the University of Georgia? Heck no. Georgia Southern? Eh, Clay Helton. But Georgia State, baby, that's where it's at. The Panthers. <laughs> the Panthers. That's what they are, right? The Panthers? I think they're the yes. Panthers. The <laughs> Panthers. Um, yeah, well, uh, I, think, I think you have a fire fest for us. Is this correct? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I am in Georgia on work, uh, and it's been okay. One of the things that wasn't okay, though, is uh, my phone just freaking blew up. Hey. It's no longer working. Um, it's put myself in quite a bind, actually, because, hey, <laughs> I don't have my boarding pass. I had to print one off. Like, I, I printed off a physical boarding pass in the <laughs> hotel lobby. Shout out to the hotel lobby for letting me use their printer. Wow. Uh, my schedule for work also did not have that. Um, oh, no. That was on my phone. 
uh, I had to wake up this morning, right? And it's a two-hour time difference, right? So I had to wake up at six, which is four a.m. Utah time. So I'm not just gonna I'm not just gonna naturally wake up at that time, right? So I set the hotel alarm clock for five forty-five in the morning. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? I've had issues with hotel alarm clocks in the past. I'm gonna set one up on my laptop as well. Oh, okay, nice. So yeah, we're we're good, right? I wake up. It's completely black because I have the blackout curtains on because I'm on the first floor, right? And oh, I don't yeah. want like, you know, like I don't want to be just like walking around in my G's and people are looking into my window, you know, because <laughs> like my window definitely faces the parking lot. So what happens is I wake up, look at my clock. It says 7.20 a.m. <clears throat> I thought and I was like, the bus leaves at the bus left at seven. The shuttle left. At, so I get up. I'm freaking out. I'm throwing things like getting ready, took a shower and I'm like, freaking out. I'm like. I don't have a phone to call an Uber. I can't call anyone to have them pick me up. I don't know the address of this place to have the hotel call a cab. Like, I am completely lost. Oh, and then no. as I'm getting out of the shower, I remember, oh, wait, the shuttle doesn't leave till 8. We're chilling. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to wake up at 6 so I could go to the gym. So then I'm like, well, okay, what the heck? Why didn't my alarms go off? Turns out I set my alarm for 5.45 a.m. on the, um, the alarm clock, right? Mm -hmm. But... It's it's not in military time, the actual clock itself, and it doesn't tell you whether it's AM or PM. Oh my gosh. But the alarm went off at 545 PM. So that means the clock itself is switched. Oh like, no. It's 12 hours off. So I set it for 545 AM, but the clock is 12 hours off. But it was so it went off at 545 PM. Freaking hotels. And then meanwhile, my laptop decided it would be a great night last night to update itself. <laughs> So it watched everything, and I woke up in the morning, and it was still updating. Oh, my gosh. Because I'm on the freaking hotel Wi-Fi, you know, that's got, like, two yeah. bars and whatever. Like, hopefully I don't just, like, disintegrate in the middle of this call, <laughs> you know? So that was just an absolute travesty. My phone still isn't working. I just have to pay 65 bucks, though, and I can upgrade, so we're chilling. Hey, you know, not bad. Fly in tomorrow morning and hopefully have a phone, because then I have to fly to California next week. For another training so i don't i don't know so it's been a it's been a stressful little bit uh shout out to my wife for constantly checking her email because that's how i've been keeping in contact with her emailing her <laughs> and uh, doing zoom calls with her because she sends me the links so uh shout out to you katie i love you you're awesome my rock uh not paper and scissors not the roc rock because we'll no. talk about that later but yeah that's my fire fest it sucks but we're here, we're alive, we're chugging along. It's actually kind of nice not to have a phone. You know, I see everyone else that's on their phones, checking it, whatever. It's all their, this generation glued to their phones, you know. But, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't have a phone. It felt kind of freeing the second day. But I'm going to go right back to my crippled ways because, unfortunately, the world is built to the <laughs> point where you need a smartphone. Otherwise, I can't do half the things I need to do for work. Uh, if I want to go back to school or something, I can't do half the things I need to do for school without a smart device. Anyway, I'm going on and on about this. <laughs> I need to stop. No, but yeah, uh, Firefest, it sucks. Uh, yes, I think losing your phone literally is quite possibly losing your life in today's society. Uh -huh. you have no connection to work, anything. That sucks. Yeah. It was... Boarding pass. I'm glad you figured out how to print one because I haven't printed one since my mission. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's impressive yeah, yeah it's it was, it was a doozy um 
Anyway, uh, let's get a couple of things out of the way first before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Um, one of them, we have to talk about realignment. Uh, yeah. Colorado is now part of the Big 12. There's rumors about yeah. Arizona, Oregon and Washington to the Big 10, Arizona State and Utah to the Big 12. There's lots of stuff going on. Honestly, like, I love talking about this kind of stuff, and I, it's, I'm kind of done. Like, my Twitter feed has been nothing but realignment talk for, or I guess my X feed uh, has been nothing but no, realignment. Just call it Twitter. Don't don't call it X. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Boycott X. Exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, the Pack X and the rest of the conferences. Uh-huh. I'm just kind of sick of it. I'm like, whatever the people in charge are gonna do, they're gonna do. So let's just mm-hmm. play some football. I, that's how I feel about it. I don't know if you feel any differently though. No, yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of it gets old, but it, it seems like things are kind of material tonight, at least. Um, we've got reports from both Dennis Dodd and Pete Thamel. Okay, so that makes things a little bit more material, and I don't, so I don't know. Like we could discuss that much as much. Like Oregon and Washington are just in the final. Are Sorry, the Big Ten is just in the financial process right now of figuring out whether they're going to fit or invite Oregon and Washington. I mean, they're both storied programs. They both have history. It's just finances right now, right? Right. Um, Arizona, apparently, according to Pete Thamel, is now leaning Big 12, has a Board of Regents meeting literally tonight, actually, like late tonight. Um, they're supposedly going to join. And if they join Arizona state, will probably go with them because they're both public institutions that are tied together. Um, I Colorado is in the big 12. Have we have talked some... about that? Did we talk about that last week? We did. We did. Okay, good. Yeah. So Colorado's yeah. in Colorado's in the big 12. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of boring to talk about now. Like I won't be surprised by anything. But I also won't believe anything until the ink dries, you know? 100%. Um, I guess the latest update is uh, Ross Dellinger just tweeted this like 20 minutes ago. Um, He said that the Big 12 executives met Thursday and approved Arizona as the 14th member. So if the Mm. Board of Regents meeting that is going on as we're speaking does happen, then it looks like UA will join the big 12 that's kind of the latest that i'm seeing got it got it so one thing that i haven't noticed um one thing that i haven't thought about at least right i saw somebody talking today about one of the big hangups for utah and i don't know if this is a real fact or not but it 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 was something that i've never considered before Mm -hmm. one thing that um would be a huge cost for utah an estimated you know, seven to eight figure cost is in joining a new conference, literally having to rebrand every single sport that you have, having to change fields, having to change courts, having to change gear, having to change, um, I don't know, like having to change uh, decals, you know, stuff that you sell at the store. Like you literally have to buy a whole new inventory of things. I mean, that's something I've never considered. That's a point that was brought up. I also think it's a very, I don't, I don't know, like maybe it's a upfront cost, but like, are do you take multiple millions of dollars less a year when, you know, just to avoid a you know, $1 million upfront cost? 
I think yeah. absolutely not. Like, it, I think it becomes a non-factor, but it's just a point that I'd never considered before that I wanted to shed some light on. I'm not sure who it was on Twitter that posted that. I wish I could give you credit, but if you see that on Twitter, uh, just know that I am transitively giving it credit. <laughs> um, that I've never thought about that, but I assume, like you said, multiple millions of dollars more per year will more than cover that cost. Yeah. So, but it is interesting. I've never thought about that because it's got to cost at least, you know, a sizable chunk of change. Yeah. At least, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to rebrand all of that plus marketing and everything. Um, kind of interesting though, at the very least. Uh, I, w- I want to ask one question though on realignment before we kind of move on from this. Uh, is this good for college football? And is this good for college football fans? I, I think this is the question that everyone is, not asking that I think. Should. Yeah. Let me rephrase your question. Okay. Just in my answer. Is it good for BYU fans? Um, I'd say yes. For the very, for the first time in a very, very long time, BYU is on the positive side of realignment. True. <laughs> BYU is not on the chopping block. We're not moving from the whack to the mountain West. You know, we're not, you know, the WAC was a powerful conference back in the day. People left. We left. We basically screwed over the WAC with everyone and formed <laughs> the Mountain West. And then independent. Finally, we're on the right side. So that's fun. Is it good for college football as a whole? Maybe I'm biased because I'm from the West Coast. But I actually, you know, politics aside, how they've treated BYU aside, right, from just a completely neutral standpoint. Yeah. I like the Pac-12. I like that it's there. I like that there's competitive West Coast football. Some of the most fun times I remember in college football are when Oregon, USC, UCLA, Washington, when they were all good at the same time. That was some of the most fun ever. Like when Marcus Mariota was at Oregon and Oregon's going to the playoff. and That was fun. That was just awesome to watch. And like I, I'm going to miss the Pac-12. I, USC and UCLA seems like such a weird fit in the Big Ten to me. So weird. Like it, it just doesn't seem like a natural fit. the The West Coast schools just aligned so perfectly in their, their I don't know their investment, their you know snobbery, their you know every you know and everything they just aligned. And the football was more fun when the Pac-12 was strong. Do I think that college football is still going to be fun? Yes. Will things normalize? Yes. Will we eventually forget about the Pac-12? Because conferences, they rise and they fall, man. You had the WAC, who was a big deal back in the day. The WAC had a national champion in BYU. The mm-hmm. WAC had a Heisman Trophy winner. The WAC had Ladanian Tomlinson. The WAC had Marshall Falk. The WAC had all these guys. You have the Big East. The Big East had Pitt. The Big East had West Virginia. You have the, I think, what is it, the Southwestern Conference that used to exist too, that mm-hmm. had a lot of the Texas schools. Like conferences rise and fall. So will we forget about the PACX eventually? Maybe. But to me, I maybe it's a nostalgia thing. Maybe it's just me being from the West Coast. I don't know. It makes me sad to see the PACX die. But as a BYU fan, I'm happy we're on the right side of it. <laughs> That's very well put, Joseph. Very well put. And I agree. I will also miss the Pac 12 as much as we hate on it. Pac-12 After Dark was special. Yeah. Here's here's my, like, silver lining in all of this. Um, I, I don't think that it is good for the sport um, because it's moving towards being catered towards fans that sit on the couch 
rather than sit in the stands, right? Yeah. And that's the lifeblood of college football is the atmosphere and the fans that go to the stadiums. Um, but I think there we're, we're past that. Like there's probably no going back in the next 20 years um, until there's another revolution. But mm-hmm. I will say the silver lining is that with the Pac-12 dying the way it does, um, if it all comes to fruition, right, and the Pac-12 does dissolve and everything does happen that people are projecting, um, I would like that because I don't want these Pac-12 games hidden away on a network that nobody can watch. No, I want the Pac-12 to become part of the Big Ten and the Big 12 because the, they'll all be on watchable channels. Um, if they go, if the Pac-12 stays together and goes to Apple, like we're not going to be able to watch a lot of those games. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm not going to pay, you know, 15 bucks a month for Apple TV plus, plus another 20 bucks a month for the Pac-12. Yeah, if they make it a Pac-12 subscription on top of your Apple TV Plus subscription, there's no way. Exactly. But I love college football. I love watching those teams compete. Like you said, like Oregon is great when it's good. The West Coast is – college football is better when there's great teams playing late on the West Coast. Um, And I think we'll get more exposure to that if the Pac-12 does dissolve. So I've kind of like flipped and be like, you know what, there's no going back. I'm not going to curse at the clouds. Let's just dissolve it all so that we can get it all on a watchable channel. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, that's a fair take. And, you know, and I hadn't thought about it like that. The Pac-12 has just, through its own buffoonery, through its own uppityness, <laughs> through its past two hires at big at Pac-12 commissioner, yep. has just screwed itself. I get why they tried to do the Pac-12 network. I get it. But at the end of the day, when it was presented how it was presented and they could not get any major partners with it, it should have been scrapped altogether. Right. But they didn't do it because they were too prideful and they said, oh, no, this will work eventually. It didn't. And that resulted – that honestly resulted in, in the death of the Pac-X. Yep. Like you're saying, schools like USC, schools like UCLA that consider themselves international brands were not getting enough exposure. Yep. Not enough of their fans could watch the games. And that's what ultimately killed it. Yep. And now what are they go- doing to save themselves? They're going to go to another subscription-based service. It'll work this time, right? This it's time, sure. Club network, but it's got to work this time. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a whack, whack situation. The whack? The, the whack. Hey, everybody's talking about like 16 and 18 team conferences with pods. That's what the WAC was doing in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and the WAC had the Kimmy Dome. The Kimmy Dome. <laughs> the Kimmy Dome. The best stadium in college athletics. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, whenever okay. me and Justin play NCAA football, it's always neutral side action at the Kimmy Dome. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> well, hey, Jared, you mentioned fan experience. You mentioned, you know, that – Fans are the lifeblood of college football, the fans that are actually at the stadium, the passionate fans. And I think that brings up a point that we should discuss. We need to. The roar of the Cougar, the rock. They have made some changes in the past few weeks that have upset a lot of fans, that have fans up in arms. First of all, they changed their logo, and now it looks like some minimalistic bullcrap that literally looks like a Division Three soccer logo. Or the Mountain West logo. Yeah, it terrible rebrand. Your your old logo was perfectly fine. There was no was need for you to great. Do, yeah, terrible, do terrible logo. And now they have since changed 
how the Rock Pass works. And Jared, I know that you've done a little bit more reading on this. You're in those circles in the athletic world. So you know what's going on. So please explain to us what has changed with the Rock Pass. Okay. So uh, for those of you that don't know, the previous Rock Pass was you buy a Rock Pass, which is $150 for all sports. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a ticket so that you get into any athletic event free because you bought the Rock Pass. Um, It was on a first come, first serve basis at every game. The first people to show up would wait in line and then they would get into the game earlier. Um, There were several problems with this method. um, And the main problem was that, at least in our eyes, is that the people at the front of the line would just invite 690 friends and then the front of the line, like you, it was not merit-based, right? Yeah, it was cutting. Yes, there was basically just line cutting. Um, And so they tried to solve that problem by at one San Francisco game that me and Justin went to, um, they had the rock line up at like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they like opened the gates and there was a massive stampede to get to the line. Um, and several people were trampled, one right in front of you, Justin, right? Yeah, I literally had to hold back the crowd so this poor girl was not trampled. Like her face wasn't rubbed into the ground. Exactly. Um, and that made the problem worse. Instead of letting people come at their own time, they set a single time for everyone to show up and then somebody got trampled. Um, so the rock board underwent, uh, they decided they're going to change how things are done. And in their earlier press release, they said that a, there will be no more guest rock passes. If you have a spouse that does not attend BYU, then you can get them a rock pass, but, uh, people from other universities, are not allowed to buy rock passes anymore. Uh, secondly, they decided that the rock passes, you buy it, um, and for you, you buy it, it's $200 now, $50 increase. Um, but the Monday of every football game, you enter a lottery online. And it doesn't matter when you get into the lottery, you put your name in there, and then they decide randomly, A, whether or not you get to go, and B, uh, what time you get to enter the stadium. Uh, and it would be open from Monday till Wednesday, and then you would get your like assignment Wednesday afternoon. Uh, there was enormous pushback uh, on this. Um, I guess I should say first that the reason they did this is because they, A, don't want people to get trampled, and B, uh-huh. they want people to attend their uh, like junior varsity uh, girls soccer face painting tailgate. Yeah, uh-huh. where they'll have one cornhole set for 200 yeah. people and they will draw cute uh, Ys and, you know, those like three dots that the girls put oh, under yes. their eyes for like yep. high school football games. They'll paint that on you too. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Free of charge, by the way, Justin. Free of charge. Free of charge. Oh. And the stickers. Oh, and don't forget the standby line oh. at the tailgate just in case you didn't get your ticket. True. If you didn't get in, then you have to wait in the standby line. Um. Uh, oh, they'll also probably have like 10 boxes of pizza for the 400 students. Yeah, um, Costco like, pizza too. Nothing yep. against Costco pizza, but that's not exactly tailgate pizza. <laughs> nope. Um, but yeah, they said they wanted it so that everybody could enjoy the tailgating experience at BYU, which I scoff at because there isn't one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good intentions at heart. You know, we have been advocating 
for fans to be allowed to tailgate and experience more of that or create, I guess, more of that scene. Right. Right. In, in one way or another, I, I think tailgating should be more than just Cougar Canyon. And I think we all agree mm-hmm. on that. Correct. Um, I think there should be a parking lot closer by hint, hint one that maybe is right next to the stadium. Uh-huh. One that's directly West of the stadium. <clears throat> And a big grass lawn that is almost directly south of the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, yeah. So the people, myself included, push back very hard against this um, because it's not merit-based. It's completely random. You're basically paying for a ticket that you may or may not get to a football game. Um, Nobody wants to go to the Rock tailgate. uh, And camping and waiting out in line – that was probably one of our funnest experiences of our freshman years, waiting for the Gonzaga game. That was basically our tailgating experience, is hanging out in the line. We we brought Can Jam. Everybody was partying. We were watching movies. You know, very yeah. fun. And that's the atmosphere that a lot of students were clamoring for. Um, and so multiple emails and just there's a huge pushback. And so The Rock had held some focus groups um, and decided that they were going to change it in a very, very big way. And instead of having it be a random lottery, it will be a first come first serve lottery. And so the sooner you are to get in on Monday at 10 a.m., then the earlier you will be able to enter the stadium. Um, So that's what it is now. Rock passes are still not available to guests. Uh, Camping out is not allowed. You're not allowed to stand in line before your time. yeah, I I really don't like this. Um, but how are you feeling? A couple things. Uh, guest passes, I'm not incredibly upset about. Um, does it screw over all the UVU guys? Yeah, uh, there are a ton of UVU guys. I, I feel like UVU students in particular should have at least been able to maintain access to the Rock Pass, just simple, or maybe even a football only Rock Pass. Just simply because they don't have a football team, they cheer for BYU. And I would like to make another point on those guest passes too. Uh, My brother is one of a great deal that has applied to BYU multiple times and didn't get in. And so Mm -hmm. he's going to UVU, but still is a BYU fan, still wants to come to the games. And there are thousands of kids like that, that because BYU admissions are so stingy, don't get in. And so the UVU kids that are BYU fans, lifelong BYU fans are now restricted. They literally, it's like, a second denial to BYU. You're not allowed yep. to go to the football games as well as the school. So I, I'm very against that, but like you said, not a huge difference from a purely objective standpoint. Um, but I, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. But continue. I mean, yeah. I didn't consider that. And you know, I, that's absolutely right. So, I mean, I'm probably 75 against that change 25 for it. Like, you know, it's, it's not the biggest thing. I, I know that The Rock tried, tried to eliminate the painful line experience. Here's why I say painful. It's fun when you're a freshman, right? But then after a year of doing that and a year of being smashed up, especially like when you're waiting for an 8.15 p.m. game and you're there all day long, you don't get to watch any of the other games because your phone will die and you need your phone to get into the stadium because it has The Rock Pass on it. You don't get to go to Cougar Canyon. You don't get to go to any tailgates. You don't get to do basically anything because you're in that line all day. We have clamored for that line to die in one way or another, right? 
We have clamored for an all-out tailgate where everyone just moves together and maybe first come, first serve from there. I don't know. But they've just went about it the entirely wrong way. First of all, the tailgate that they mentioned, that they explained, was literally the lamest tailgate I've ever heard of. Nobody's going to want to go <laughs> to that. It's not a tailgate. It's not Second of all, lottery? Okay, no. No way. Third of all, you can't deny people from getting into the game. The digital lottery is so dumb, in my opinion, because the people that camped were the people that wanted to be there, that were going to cheer the loudest, that were going to be in front, that were going to be going crazy on TV. Now you have people that, you know, all the little, like, people that just go for their little social event so they can post it on their Be Real or their Instagram or whatever. They're going to be, even in, like, a first-come, 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 first-serve digital queue, they are going to be competing at the exact same time as these, like, passionate fans. So I don't like it in that regard. I get where the Rock's heart was at, but they just did it terribly. They didn't do it right. And I feel like, what is the best way to do it? I don't even know. Like, it's such a fine line to walk. My personal opinion is that the Rock should travel to Ole Miss, to Duke, Duke, to, I don't know, yeah, like Duke UNC before that for like the basketball game or something. I don't know. They should travel to see how these other schools handle tailgates. Because there is a rich tailgating culture in the South, Southeast, that they could learn from, where the students do that. Iowa, like the student section for Iowa football isn't even full until like a minute into the game because they're all coming over from the tailgate, you know, which is the other side of the extreme that we don't really want either, right? We want the, we want the stadium full. I don't know. There's just poorly executed by the Rock. They kind of deserved all the backlash. And their response to it was, okay, we'll just change like literally 1% of things and call it good. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm rambling. I feel like I'm not coming to like, not my definitive conclusion is that the rock rebrand sucked. (laughs) Yes. Definitive conclusion is the way they went about this thing sucked. I understand what they were trying to do, but they just did it wrong. What's the right way to do it? I don't know. I'm not on the rock board. I don't have to figure that out. I can sit here and be a critic all I want, and I can say, screw the rock, screw the rock, screw the rock. I'm just glad that we have season tickets this year and that nobody's going to get – that we're not going to have to experience anyone getting trampled because, let's be honest, that happened. Kids were getting pushed. Kids were getting shoved. Kids were – it was somewhat of a safety hazard. And it just just because – I see people saying, what safety hazard? Just because you didn't experience, just because you weren't that one getting trampled, All it takes is one getting trampled, and it ruins it for everyone. Yep. That's all it takes. So, I don't know. I'm talking in circles. All I know, Rock, uh, we've had strong feelings about The Rock for a couple years now. Yep. Uh, Rock board, you suck. Uh, We can all agree. (laughs) Um, I don't know know if what I said made any sense. I was just kind of talking. No, it definitely made sense. And uh, we all know that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because The Rock board and their 10 friends – are going to be sitting at the front of the student section anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And that reminds me, like, the the real solution to the problem was something that we talked about. Bring the freaking campus police there and don't let people cut. Yeah. Don't let people shut. Like, people are going to shove up against each other. Like, whatever. That's fine. Don't let people cut. The main problem was what you said, Jared. Five people would camp at the front and then all of a sudden an hour before the gates open 
a horde of 200 students comes over from Helaman and Halls joining the people at the front. Yep, exactly. Which is some absolute bullcrap. It's stupid. I remember like that Utah game, our freshman year, we camped out there. We were like the, what, 20th tent in line. And somehow yep. we ended up three quarter ways, like three quarter of the ways up the freaking rock. Yep. It was terrible. Made no sense. No sense. Um, yeah, it's, it doesn't make any sense. The rock board is terrible. The rock has gone steadily downhill ever since we got to school in 2019. Um, I just hope it fills up at some point. Like, I, I, I don't know. I hope it's, at least a shadow of the past. Um, there's a petition going around of BYU Twitter to boycott rock passes to not buy them. <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I'm very glad we have season tickets this year because mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with any of that nonsense. Um, Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the solution, like you said, visit other schools, see what they do and then apply it because I guarantee you none of them is this bad. Uh, at Ohio state, there's a signed seating and you have to interview for your seat. Every, <laughs> every student that wants to sit in the student section, like has an interview and goes through an improvement process because they only want the most passionate fans to sit at the front. So, oh, heck yeah. I, I'm not saying that's the right way, but that's definitely not the wrong way. Um, yeah. So uh, we all want more tailgating and we all want a full student section full of passionate fans that aren't there to make out with their girlfriend or, yep just share a cougar tail with 300 other people and there was something else that we mentioned last year if you want the tailgate scene to improve for students partner with dr pepper dr pepper kegs dude let kids do keg stands of dr pepper in the parking lot why the heck not why (laughs) avoid the appearance of evil shut up there's freaking dr pepper in the keg let him do a keg stand that would be amazing maybe we'll just have to do our own do a yeah. Royal Strong and True sponsored Dr. Pepper keg. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm going to reach out to Dr. Pepper right now. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, we should probably get to uh, what we're going to talk about, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Okie dokie. Let's do a quick proper football update before we get to the American football. I know that's why everybody's here, but we Sorry, what did you call it? Without talking about <laughs> proper football. There you go. <laughs> My oh my computer screen is covered in spit now. <laughs> um, let's talk about the U.S. Women's National Team. Justin, say it, say it. I told you so. I told you so. They suck. They suck. They're bad. They couldn't score a goal. The zero-zero tie. I was just absolutely laughing my head off when. They're interviewing Carly Lloyd after the game, right? The ex-U.S. Women's National Team player. And yep. she goes, why are they celebrating like that? Like, sure, you got to take care of the fans, but why are you celebrating? You couldn't score a goal. The player of the match was that pole. And I about <laughs> lost it when she said that. The pole that the ball – was it Portugal they played? Uh, the yeah. Portugal, like, the ball went off the post. That's the only reason that they are in the tournament is that one – one and a half inches. Yep. One and a half inches of post is the only reason they're in the tournament. They suck. No goal scoring. Ashley Hatch would have had that game at three, three, nothing, three nil, three nil. They would have won it, but without Ashley Hatch, they suck. Yep. It was terrible. They're horrible. There's yep. no want to, there's no attitude. There's no chip on the shoulder. There's no caring. Our coach is a doofus. It, 
there is zero redeeming factors about this women's national team. It's disgusting to watch, honestly. Like, it's pitiful. It's yep. so, it's terrible. Um, I don't even know what else <laughs> to say there. Uh, bad. Everybody's mad at Carly Lloyd. Like, all of the USM, USWNT, like, apologists and the players are like, no, she's just noise. Like, we just got to tune her out. She's a thousand percent right. She is. She is not good. You hate her because she's right. Exactly. No, I I see zero fight from this team. Zero. There's no – like, they don't care. This nope. is a freaking World Cup, guys. They, nope. Yeah. It's pathetic. Um, the only thing this team cares about is what color they're dyeing their hair for the next game. <laughs> um, we have to mention as well that in the time that the women's national team is struggling heavily – Ashley Hatch had two goals and an assist in a single game. Yep. And won Budweiser woman of the match and woman of the week in the uh-huh. NWSL challenge cup. So <laughs> shout out Budweiser. Yep. Sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we play Sweden on Saturday night slash Sunday morning at 3 a.m. Uh, the world will be watching. Uh Sweden is very good. Um, they won their group. Uh, they're going to dominate us. This is going to be like when the men's national team played Netherlands in the World Cup. Yep. It's going to be a thrashing. Yep, it's going to be bad. Yep. So um, I wrote in the script that I will take everything back if we win, but we're not going to win. So I'm not no. going to say that. No, they're bad. They will lose. Yep. Um, in other proper football uh, news, we have – Real or real, real Salt Lake. Um, interesting. Apparently, we did move on in the League's Cup, even though we lost three nil to Monterrey. Monterrey. Um, huh? Yeah. Apparently, we moved on. I don't. It must have been a group stage part. I have no idea. Um, apparently, the League's Cup was just like this made-up tournament so that Messi could come win him like a title, even though his team sucked for the half of the season he wasn't here. Um, speaking mm. of Messi, he's very good. Messi's good. Certified. Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news, Messi is good. Heard here first. Uh, but yeah, so apparently Real Salt Lake are going to play Leon. Uh, either French or Spanish, I don't know. Um, but they play Leon uh, tonight. They're actually teeing off, or not teeing off, kicking off in like 20 minutes. Oh. Uh, apparently. So I guess we'll have to see, but League's Cup doesn't matter, so just cruise through and get back to the regular season where we're dominating. All right. Fair enough. Anything else about football? football? Uh, absolutely not. Nothing. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move got... on. Oh. <laughs> Again, football to talk about, baby. Football season has officially started if you consider the NFL preseason real football. Um, if you don't, it's you get a pass. Um, <laughs> you don't, you don't ha- if you disagree that if you think that the NFL isn't real football, kudos to you, but you are allowed to classify it as real football in this month until college football starts, at which point you must disown the NFL again. Uh, exactly. Um, and that is exactly the point where I'm at. I heard that there was a football game today, literally didn't know it until this morning. And somebody yep. was talking about, I was like, what the frick? Zach Wilson is starting. Uh, definitely watched the first three possessions where he went like 
two of five for like 70 yards. Um, three of five, actually. Three of five. Thank you. Good boy, Zach. And one of the incompletions was a batted down pass. Okay. So basically, he won the preseason. Zach Wilson is back. Uh, the Jets. 56 yard, 56 yard completion. And it was pretty. It was yeah. beautiful. Um, yeah, he's basically, I've decided Zach Wilson is like your road to glory character. You just, no matter what, you're just going balls to the wall every single play. And it is the opposite of the NFL style, but it's so fun. You know what Zach Wilson reminds me of? The, like, like Cam Newton in New England. <laughs> like, maybe he'll make a couple of good plays here and there, but every other play he's trying to run around and constantly getting eaten up by the turf monster. And it's just not good enough to, yes, the turf monster. <laughs> yeah, he literally fell down on third and two, trying to and, run for the first down. And he would have had it, too. There's like, one guy, and he was two yards away, and Zach just fell over. Yeah, remember, like, he did that exact same thing last preseason and tore his meniscus. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> so, I, like, when that happened, I was like, did he just tear his meniscus again on the turf? <laughs> but no, apparently he's fine. Maybe? Question mark? He looks bigger, too. Like, he looks kind of built. Yeah. It doesn't matter, but it's cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to, like, real, real football. Okay. Um, we we have uh, a countdown that we've been doing to the very first football game, um, and it is exactly from when you're listening to this today, 20 Juan days. Three weeks, baby. It's Three almost weeks. here. It's almost here. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy to me. Um, and then BYU season starts in just one week more, so just like under a month. Like, it is time, baby. It is football season. Let's go. Fall camp started this week. Oh, my gosh. It's football season. It's going to be a ton of fun. Ain't no reason to not be excited right now because we are in the month that college football begins. Oh, yeah. Uh, BYU football released their first, like, uh, highlight cut up um, of terribly spliced plays. Yep. So mm-hmm. you can't see who the person that's getting burned is. Um, yep. I'm all in, baby. I Darius Lassiter looks amazing. Keelan Mary yeah. looks amazing. Keaton Slovis, baller. Uh, why is Jake Retzloff the one in all of the passing highlights? I don't know, but I'm so psyched. I don't know. Why did we get so much Hobbs Nyberg propaganda today? I feel <laughs> like I saw like eight Hobbs Nyberg highlights. Like it was ridiculous. They like the camera crew only filmed Hobbs Nyberg for the entire second half of practice. <laughs> I love it. Hobbs Nyberg is going to be wide receiver one. Frick it. Why not? Give it to us, baby. Hunter Renfro style. Um, (laughs) It was also funny in like at least one of the Hobbs Nyberg ones because they they crop it so you can't see the defender that gets burned, you know? Yeah. But in one of them, it was our like all-star Weber State transfer Eddie Heckard corner who I had people close to the team tell me he's one of the best on the team and he got burned by Hobbs Nyberg, our punt returner. So... (laughs) (laughs) I think what that means, spin zone, we are going to be a shootout team this year. Smash the overs every single game. Big 12 football, baby. That's what we want to see. (laughs) I want to literally, if I am paying all that money for, to sit in Lavelle Edwards stadium, I want to see, I kid you not. I want to see 120 points put up in a game. All right. Uh, I would say 
we could see that in the Texas Tech game, Elavelle Edwards. I think we could. 64 to 56. Why not? 120 points even. Dude, Texas Tech would love that. They would love nothing more than to go toe-to-toe with BYU in Lavelle Edwards Stadium at elevation to like a yeah, a 65 to 63 game. That'd be awesome. Heck yeah. Um, but the reason we are here is because we are previewing conferences. Uh this week it is the SEC and the Fun Belt. Another yeah. two. Yay. Uh should we start with the Suck Eastern Cowards? <laughs> I mean, I guess if we have to. I mean, I thought we were talking about real football, but I guess we can take a break from it to talk about the SEC. Yes, Mark, we're talking about your conference. Your <laughs> conference is uh, – it, it's it's a good conference. It's actually a really good conference. But from a matter of principle, we hate your conference, and it sucks. Exactly. We are men of principle here, <laughs> and this is what we do. We're probably going to move pretty quick through this conference. Uh, the SEC is kind of boring. Yep. Uh uh, I mean, it's the same teams every year that are good. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, I guess we start off with uh, going in alphabetical order with our friend Mark's team, Alabama, who has a win total set at 10. Their non-conference includes Middle Tennessee State, Texas at home, and a trip to Tampa to take on the South Florida Bulls. Later on, they get that Week 12 FCS team versus Chattanooga. Jared, wow. are you going over or under on Alabama's oh. 10? I'm going very under, actually. Actually, not like very under. I'm going just one game under, um, which is just taking the under, I guess. <laughs> um, but the reason I say very is because I'm pretty confident in this. I think the question marks at the um, quarterback position, they have Tommy Reese as the new OC. He came from Notre Dame. Notre Dame's offense wasn't amazing last year. And no. their, their quarterbacks are now uh, Tyler Buckner and a couple of scrubs. So... I'm going under. Um, I have a hot take about Alabama that I will share later as well, but I'm going under for sure. Yeah, I have a push. Um, I do think 10 wins is the right total for this team. I think they'll go 10 and 2. If I have to lean one way or the other, I think I would have to lean under simply because, like you were saying, Jared, their offense is going to be very weird this year. Tommy Reese was not a good offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. And do they have a decent quarterback? I don't know. So I'm going push the under on this one, uh, but I do think that they will be 10 and two. Yeah. I will not be surprised to see them get 10 wins. Uh, but I, I also think they will be going under. Um, let's move on to our next team. We got Arkansas. Arkansas torched BYU last year. Uh-huh. Um, Raheem Rocket Sanders is back. He ran for almost 1500 yards last year and 10 touchdowns. He's amazing. Plus they get KJ Jefferson, who's apparently God. If you ask yep. the BYU lineman uh, who <laughs> dropped dead trying to save the arc from falling uh, yep. on that third down. Um, anyway, over-under of seven, their non-con is absolutely insane. They get juggernaut BYU coming to town um, in week <laughs> three. Weeks one and two, Western Carolina and Kent State. Very, very wow. Um, And FIU in week 12. So uh, very aggressive scheduling in the non-con. Shout out to Arkansas playing an FBS team week 12. True. Wow. They're the class of the suck Eastern cowards. Um, but Justin over under seven, it's a flat seven. So you do have that push insurance. What are you feeling? This is another push for me. I think they are going to go seven and five. I know that's kind of a weak answer. I got, you know, there were two flat numbers and I said push on both of them, <laughs> but I mean, Vegas is very good at what they do. True. Um, 
I have them going seven and five. I'm going to lean push to over on this one. Um, they're going to lose to BYU after that. Arkansas has this. Arkansas is kind of like a Pac-12 after dark team. They beat random teams. They lose to random teams. You never know what's going to happen with them. So I'm going to go push to over on this one. Yeah, I'm also going push to over. Um, I remember last year they took Alabama to the fourth quarter, and it was like yep. a one-score game, and then they lost by like 15. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So they're just – they're like you said, they're a weird team. Um, yeah, I see them losing to Ole Miss, uh, LSU, Alabama, all on the road, and then you'll pick up a couple more. But I, I ultimately think this team is better than most of the other teams in the SEC, so I'm going to go with that over. Next up, we travel – to Auburn, who has a win total set at six and a half. Their non-con includes the University of Massachusetts, Whoa. a trip to <laughs> to the West Coast to play Cal at Cal. They Whoa. play Samford week three, and they also have an FBS opponent week 12, New Mexico State at home. Wow. What a with tough an, schedule. With an over-under set at six and a half. Jared, do you have them going over or under? Okay. I... I am not high on this Auburn team. I mean, the Brian Harson years were horrific. Yeah. Um, Hugh Freeze is coming in. He's uh loves himself some late night fun, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's back in the SEC. I'm going under. There's no chance they get to seven in my mind. I have them going five and seven, maybe six and six. There's no way they get seven. Uh, especially with a brutal non-con of UMass, Cal, Samford, New Mexico State. Uh, hearty, hearty under for me. I'm also going under here. I think they'll get the six wins. I do think that they'll go bo- they, they will go bowling. Maybe they'll even get to seven with their bowl game. Who knows? But I think Hugh Freeze is a good coach morally. No. Uh, X is an <laughs> O. Yes, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a good coach. I think they'll get to six wins. Their weak non-con, like they'll have all they have to do is win two games in the SEC. True, true. All they have to do is win two games in the SEC to go bowling. Um, they still won't hit the over if they win those two games. So I, I'm pretty heartily on the under as well. Yeah, I think we can both agree that Auburn in the future kind of is optimistic, but this year probably no. Yep. Uh, let's move ahead to Florida. Um, they. Open up the season at Utah, so that's I'm not gonna lie, that's a pretty tough game. It is in yeah. September, so Utah is not very good in September. But anytime you're an SEC team traveling to a decent school, I will give you credit. Um, Florida actually has one of the hardest schedules in the entire country. They have an over under yeah. point five. Uh, Billy Napier, I think it's his third year now. Um, yep. Of Billy Napier, they go to Florida. They get McNeese and Charlotte in the non-con, and then they end the season hosting Florida State in the Sunshine Showdown. Uh, say that time five times fast. Um, super, super difficult schedule. They play Georgia, LSU, uh, at South Carolina, um, Arkansas, Tennessee. They, they have good teams on the schedule. Justin, what are you doing? Five and a half over or under? So I'm going to take the over on this one, actually. Oh, okay. um, I do have them winning at Utah simply because it – it is the first week. It's not even September. It's August. So can <laughs> can Whittingham have his guys ready? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think they'll win a cut. They you know they'll win a couple non-con games there. They do get Vandy at home, which is favorable. They do get Florida State at the end of the year, which is always just an absolute dumpster fire of a game. It doesn't matter 
this is one of those games. Throw the records out. Throw yep. whatever players these teams have out. It's just good old-fashioned hate. So I'm going over simply for the fact that I personally like Billy Napier. I like what he did at the <laughs> University of Louisiana Lafayette, and I do think that he's a good coach. Um, I think if he doesn't go bowling this year, he'll get fired. So because of that, I'm going over. I would love to go over with you, Justin, because I also love Billy Napier. I think if they give him time, he will produce at Florida, but they're not going to give him time. Um, and also, I also think that playing at Utah, that it's a very, very winnable game. Um, the hangups for me, Graham Mertz at quarterback, I'm not sold on. Um, and also, I'm just going to fade myself. I hate Utah, and I want them to beat Utah. And I like Bill Napier, want him to succeed. And so I'm going to fade myself and pick the under so that if those things do happen, because I do think if they beat Utah, they're going bowling. The over's hitting. Um, but I'm just going to fade myself, and I'm going under. Fair enough. Then we travel to Athens in the state that I am currently in, where oh. you have the Georgia Bulldogs. Their win total is set at 11.5. If you're going over, you're taking them to go undefeated in the regular season. Their non-con includes the University of Texas Martin, Wow. Ball State. Wow. Um, South Carolina. Oh, oh sorry. Not so, UAB. Wow. And a uh, Week 13 matchup at Georgia Tech. Um, This is the easiest money that I think I will ever make in my entire life. Uh, sorry, Cheez-Its. Um, I'm taking the over on this. This is the pancakiest, cupcakiest schedule I have ever seen. I... I agree. If you threw Northwestern into the schedule, it would be hard. If you threw <laughs> Utah into the schedule, it would be difficult. But for a national championship contender, this is your schedule? There's only one game on this schedule. There's only one game. And it's at Tennessee in week 12. That, I think, is a toss-up. I think they can win it. I think they will win it. I'm not 100% sold on Joe Milton yet at Tennessee or their defense. So I'm picking them to go undefeated solely based on the fact that there's only one game on the schedule. Can they win that one game? Odds are yes. Uh, I'm going over for me. Justin, though, what are you thinking? I'm going to have a disagree with you. I think this is the year they finally lose a game. I'm going under on this one. I do think they'll lose that game at Tennessee because at that point, I think Milton might be hurt and we'll get to see Nico, whatever the frick his last name is. (laughs) Uh, What's up with people, quarterbacks in orange uniforms having incredibly weird last names? That's actually a fact. First, we got Uyungalungale, Bungalunga, Duba Duba the Ukulele Boy. Yep. And now we have Nico, who who knows what his last name is. <laughs> so, um, no, but I do think they'll find this is the year they finally lose one. I think it will be in the regular season. They'll still go to the SEC championship game. But I think that they will lose one game. Give me the under. Interesting. I like that, Justin. I like it so much, I'm going to fade it because. <laughs> I can't root for things that I also pick because it never ends well. Uh, moving on, we got Kentucky, six and a half. Um, they went seven and six last year with God's gift to football, Will Levis. Um, hit the oh, ceiling gosh. at his workout. Uh, they opened up the season with probably the hardest schedule of anyone in the in the SEC. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron at home, and then they go to Vandy. I don't know if they can recover from that. Um but yeah, then they play at Louisville for their final non-con game in the final year or final game of the year. Justin, six and a half over or under for the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm going over on this one. You know, they they start out, like you said, Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, at Vandy, then Florida. 
Then yeah. they get at Georgia, then Missouri, then the bye. And then they'll probably lose a bunch of games. I think this over-under hinges on whether or not you think that they will beat Louisville week 13. Louisville is a weird program this year. They got a new head coach. Who knows what's going to happen? There might be a fallout by the end of the year. So I think that they will win that Louisville game, which will push them to the over. I'm 100% with you. I think that the they will end up going, what, 6-1, and one, probably ranked in the top 10, and then they will lose five straight games um, yep. mm-hmm. after the bye. Uh, I personally think they're going to lose that Louisville game being on the road. I, I'm a little bit higher on Louisville than you are this year. Uh, I think they'll keep it together. Um, but I a hundred percent agree. That's what it comes down to. Um, that's going to be the deciding game. So if you are going to bet this, you're going to be, you know, wait until the last week of the season to cash out on that. Fair enough. Next up, we got in Baton Rouge, the Tigers going Tigers. We got LSU. <laughs> who has a win total set at nine and a half. Their non-con includes a neutral site game versus Florida State, Love it. Rambling State, oh. and then they get Army in week eight. Oh. They also get Georgia State at home week 12. With a win total set at nine and a half, Jared, are you going over or under on the Tigers? On the Tigers. Um, As weird as Brian Kelly is, he did something really good at Notre Dame, and that was – not losing to bad teams. Yep. Um, he would never beat the good teams, but he never lost to the bad teams. And we've seen what has happened without him at Notre Dame, <clears throat> Marshall, <clears throat> Stanford. Um, I think this LSU team is past the little like transition period that they had last year. Um, I think they were better than people give them credit for last year as well. They lost a couple games on just like boneheaded plays, the block PAT to start the season. I think they get revenge on Florida State. I think their only possible losses are Florida State and Alabama. Um, But I think they're going to at least split that. So I'm going over. I think this is going to be one of the best teams in the country this year. I'm really high on Jaden Daniels. uh, Scrambler, he's improving as a passer. Um, So I don't know. I'm I'm going over with this LSU team. Hi, I'm Jaden Daniels. Mm Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, Jared and I have two very different opinions on Jaden Daniels. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if Jaden Daniels was even a half-decent quarterback last year, they go 12-0. and 0. Anyway, um, I think they will go under on this one. I think nine wins is right for the Tigers. I don't know that they will win versus Florida State. I do know that that game will be absolutely stupid like it was last year. Nobody it's wanted to win in a game. good way. Nobody wanted to win that game. I do think that they'll lose to Alabama. I'm higher on Alabama than you are this year. And I think that they'll probably lose one more game. Maybe at Ole Miss, going to the SIP can be hard. Be um, you know, he might pop popcorn before the game like he did versus Alabama and then got blown out. Um, yeah, but I'm going under on this one. I think nine wins is the right um, number. Uh, I'm excited to see this one. I think this is going to be interesting. I think you can go either way. Um, let's move on to the next one. Uh, RIP Mike Leach. We were talking about Mississippi State. Um, their new head coach is Zach Arnett. He was a uh, in the system. He was uh, an analyst, a coordinator, uh, an associate head coach at one point. Um, their win totals at six, down from six and a half, if that changes things. Um, they have Selah, southeastern Louisiana, in the non-con. Nice. 
Then they host Arizona. I don't oh. know what Mississippi State's offense is really going to look like with their new OC from App State, um, but that could be a lot of fun. That could be a shootout. Then yeah, they get Western fun. Michigan and Southern Miss uh, to mm. round out the non-con, and then obviously all the conference opponents. Uh, six wins exactly where are you going, Justin, over or under? See, I'm not even seeing a push on this schedule. I think Mississippi State is going under. Um, Southeastern Louisiana, they'll win. Arizona's a losable game. Um, it is. Jed Fish will have his guys ready to play that game. Then they'll win their other non-conference games. But after that, I mean, you have Alabama, LSU. You have to go to Arkansas, to Auburn. Your only winnable, your only two winnable games are probably the, you know, Ole Miss at the end. You get the Egg Bowl. True. Maybe Kentucky at home. True. Those are your only winnable games, and you would have to win all of them plus one more, I think, to get to the over. That's not happening. I'm going under. I am also on the under here. I think that it's possible they get to six, but there's absolutely no way they get to seven. No chance. The Egg Bowl is one of those games that's just stupid. It's hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. Awesome. The only game on Thanksgiving night in college football – um, and then that Arizona game, like you said, that's going to be only their second game. It's going to be their first real opponent. How will the offense look? How will the new head coach, like, will the players be bought in? That is definitely a losable game as bad as Arizona's defense is. So I think the under is pretty safe there. Um, let's move on to Missouri. Um, some people called uh, the – what's it, what the head coach's name? Eli Drinkowitz. They call him the super nerd um, mm-hmm. or something, right? Yep, the super nerd. The, the alpha super, nerd, I think. The alpha nerd. That's that's right. Yeah. Uh, over under of six. Again, um, it's funny that all of these SEC teams are lauded as being powerful when they play four pansies in the non-con and then make a bowl game because they win two in conference games. Huh. Just throwing that oh. out there. Um, they get yeah. South Dakota, not South Dakota State, just South Dakota, in the non-con along with Middle Tennessee State. They do have a... Uh, neutral site game versus memphis which could be interesting um and then they also play kansas state at home uh justin over under six what are you taking missouri screwed themselves over by scheduling kansas state in their non-con if it wasn't for that game they would be going over but instead they will lose that game putting them at six which is a push i do not think there's any way they get over i'm going push to under on this schedule simply because their only other winnable game, in my opinion, is Florida and at Arkansas. But you don't get those games until you go at Georgia and Tennessee back-to-back. Yep. That's going to absolutely beat you up. You are going to have nothing in the tank. And then you have to go against a Florida team and an Arkansas team, both of which might be fighting for bowl eligibility. Good luck, under. I am also very heavily on the under. I see six wins possible. Um, but again, no way they're getting to seven. Show me where it is. It ain't there. Uh, under for Missouri again. Um, and I hope it actually is under. I hope they don't make a bowl game uh, because they're one of those overrated teams that gets a lot more credit than they're due. Now we move to the other side of the Egg Bowl. We go to the SIP where we have Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss with a win total evenly set at seven. Their non-con includes Mercer, a trip to Tulane, hey. oh. Oh. Georgia Tech, Tech, and a Week 12 game versus the University of Louisiana Monroe. Again, Ooh. with a win total set at seven even, are you going over or under? 
these even ones make it a little more difficult, but you do have that safety of the push. Um, I'm going to go push it over. I, I, I would lay Jesus on the over here. I'd see eight wins on here. And that's even counting a loss at Tulane. And I think they could win that game. Battle for the powder blue. It'll be beautiful uniform matchup. Um, as long as they don't wear like uh, their Navy helmets, then it should be beautiful. Um, but yeah, I, I see eight here. I think they're going to be pretty good. Jackson Dart versus Spencer Sanders for the quarterback position. Um, I, I think they're going over. I, I see it. So I'm going over. I'm going push to over on this one as well. I do think they'll win at Tulane. I think there are other games in the SEC that are a little bit more tricky. But I also see eight wins possible on the schedule. I think seven is the most likely scenario. But I think eight wins is a lot more likely than six for Lane Kiffin and the SIP. Yep. I think this is one of the teams that is closer to a thumbs up than a thumbs down for me. Um, speaking of thumbs, we moved to South Carolina. Nice. Nice transition. Yep. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, our favorite Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler for Heisman. Um, Spencer Rattler effect. <laughs> he is back. Um, six and a half wins for South Carolina. Uh, neutral site game versus UNC. College game day will be there. I don't like that it's neutral site. I wish they would do a home and home, but the game is yep. still going to be exciting. Um, then you get Furman, Jacksonville State, and of course the Clemson game, the Palmetto Bowl at the end of the season. Clemson comes to South Carolina um, to uh, what's the mascot's name? Cock commander or something. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. And they even beat Clemson at Clemson last year. Um, I, I don't know. What do you feel? Six and a half, you going over or under? I'm going over on this one. I do think that they'll get the seven wins. Um, that is heavily dependent on them beating either Clemson or North Carolina. I think mm -hmm. they will beat one or the other given that they get North Carolina neutral and Clemson at home. I think it's a high probability they win one or the other. Spencer Rattler, he is the king of football. You forgot that he is the best quarterback that has ever graced the football field. Also, um, the most attractive quarterback as well. Yes, uh huh. and the first NIL shirt guy. Um, <laughs> True. Can't forget about that. He, had, he has a brand. He has a brand. Brand uh, power. He's going to carry them to seven wins. Over. Uh, I'm also on the over. Ever since Spencer Rattler left Oklahoma, I've kind of like had this weird feeling deep down where I'm like half rooting for the guy. Um, yeah. And and I think he's, I mean, he played really well in the wins they had last year. He played really bad in the losses, but in the win against Clemson, he was freaking falling out. Um, I see more of that this year with a little more experience, a little more maturity. Um, I think if, if you can split those UNC Clemson ones, then I see eight wins. Like I, I'm pretty heavily on the over here. Um, and so we're, we're definitely in agreement on that one. Um, next up, we have Tennessee, Tennessee, Joe Milton, at quarterback. I love him because every time he throws the ball, it looks like he's throwing a hail Mary. He yeah. has a massive arm. Uh, supposedly he could throw a ball 90 yards was what people were saying at media days. That's, Dang. that's bonkers. Um, but yeah, he just launches the ball, whether it's a screen pass or like a 30 yard out or like corner route, he just launches it. They have an over and under of nine, Justin over or under. I'm going over on Rocky top this year. I think that they will probably lose at Alabama. They'll probably lose one more game, maybe against UTSA. Mm -hmm. You never <laughs> know. Some crazy stuff happens when you play the university of Texas, San Antonio. 
Um, I don't know. I like this Tennessee team. I think they'll win 10 games this year. I'm going over. I don't really have any other explanation than that, but over. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I'm, I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're taking the LSU spot in this side of the conference, which is a solid number two, sometimes challenging for number one in the division. Um, I think they'll beat everybody they're supposed to. I think they might lose at Alabama and they might lose to Georgia. Um, but I see 10 wins for sure. So I'm on the over as well, especially with the purse insurance. <laughs> Next up, we got a school. We we got a school, all right. Uh, we got Jimbo <laughs> Fisher's Texas A&M. They have a win total set at eight and a half with oh. their number one recruiting class of all time. Oh. Their, their non-con includes New Mexico at home, a trip to Miami to play Miami, Florida, University of Louisiana Monroe at home, and a week 12 FCS game versus Abilene Christian. With a win total at eight and a half, are you going over or under, Jared? Uh. I feel like I've heard this story before. Number one recruiting class, uh, Texas A&M, win total eight and a half, suspected to go to the playoff by Desmond Howard on game day. Um, and what happens? This team went five and seven last year. They were supposed to be the greatest Texas A&M team that has ever lived, has ever played the sport of football. Yep. Jimbo Fisher sucks. He's uh -huh. a bimbo. He can't coach. Um I am so heavy on this under. I would lay a full box of Cheez-Its on it. That Miami game is going to be stupid. There's <laughs> absolutely no chance this team goes over. They're missing another bowl in my book. Slam that under for me. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Jimbo sucks. I hate Jimbo. He's a terrible coach. He literally just got carried by Jameis Winston. Yep. Uh, Jameis Winston carried that entire offense at Florida State. Of crab legs. Um, I <laughs> discreetly discreetly carried those those true, crowd legs maybe not discreetly enough anyway uh jimbo jimbo fisher sucks uh texas a&m is going 0 and 12 under i hate texas a&m they suck yep there there's no easier bet than maybe an iowa iowa state under um texas a&m underperform slam it yep finally we have the best team in the suck eastern cowards conference um our favorite of the sec teams i at least i would say i can't speak for justin uh but this one's definitely up there yeah yeah no hot just means more at this school it just means more i think this is the one sec school that we actually root for it's vanderbilt you already called it um and you already know what's going down a week zero game versus hawaii it's the game everybody clamors for Pick. uh then they play alabama a&m uh, which is not Alabama plus Texas A&M. It is Alabama A&M. It's something. Oh, then they okay, play my at bad. Lake Forest in a battle of the black and gold private schools, and they play at UNLV with the slot machine turnover thing. Um, their two buys come really late in the season, week eight and week 12. Uh, I don't know what good that does you because you're Vanderbilt, um, but they have an over-under of three and a half, so what are you taking? I'm going over on this Vanderbilt team. I think they'll get the four wins. I think they'll have three non-con wins with Hawaii, Alabama, A&M, and at UNLV. Then they just got to get one dumb win in the conference. I think they'll accomplish it. Give me the over. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Give me that over. Um, I think they can get one more win. Uh, I think they could win at Wake Forest as well. I don't I don't know if you do win that game, but it's definitely win a bowl. Um, and let's just all remember, 
They beat Hawaii 63 to 10 last year. So this is not mm-hmm. a team that's messing around anymore. They're not playing UConn to a two-point conversion contest. This is a decent, decent, okay, bad to decent team. Um, so, yeah, let's go over on on the Vanderbilt uh, three and a half. I really like that. Um, let's, let's wrap up the SEC with just a couple of quick thoughts. Um, give me some of your most important games or the games that you're really excited to watch this year. Most important games for me are Georgia at Tennessee. I think that will play a huge role in the SEC East. The funniest game for me that I cannot wait to watch is Auburn at Cal. That's going to be an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> That's going to be a banger. Uh, I have Texas Alabama circled. Obviously, Texas, I think, would have creamed them last year if yours had stayed healthy. But now it's at Alabama, but I feel like Texas is going to win. I don't know. And then Ole Miss at Tulane, Battle for the Powder Blues. It's going to be beautiful. Um, what bold as, predictions? Yeah, did as you far have? as bold predictions go, I'm saying Alabama is going to lose three regular season games for the first time in 13 years. I'm oh calling. Uh, they're going to lose three. They're going to lose three games. They're going to lose to LSU. They're going to lose to Tennessee, and they're going to lose to Texas. Maybe not those three, but they're definitely going to lose three. I'm not high in this Alabama team. That's my bold prediction. My bold prediction is that Georgia will lose a regular season game. That That's pretty bold. That's me. Uh, let's get with our contenders, title game, and conference champion. Uh, for me, I think my contenders are Georgia and LSU, Alabama and Tennessee. Just the top two teams from each division. Uh, it's pretty simple for me. My title game is Georgia-LSU. I think Georgia beats Tennessee. I think LSU beats Bama. Um, and they meet up. And I, probably Georgia winning it again. Uh, I don't want it to happen, which is why I'm picking it. Uh, I'm fading what I want to happen. So it's a quote unquote win, win. A lot of what I'm doing here in the SEC is, is that, but Justin, what are you looking at? I'm looking at the same thing, Georgia, LSU, Alabama, and Tennessee as contenders. I think we'll have a good old fashioned Georgia versus Alabama showdown in the SEC championship game of which I think SEC, the SEC, the SEC will once again be reigned by Bama by the end of the year, I think. Nick Saban has his revenge year, wins it, and retires or something. I don't know. That that kind of scares me because that's exactly what Alabama would do, right? Have zero names you can name on the roster and then go win the SEC and probably yeah. a natty too. Um, any, any parting thoughts about the SEC before we hop into the fun belt? No, let's do the fun belt. Let's get over as soon as possible because this is a conference that we love dearly. 14 teams, two divisions, eight conference games. They're always very aggressive in the non-con. Troy is the reigning champ, kind of weird. Um, you also have JMU going into its second year uh, as an F- as an FBS program. Marshall uh, just came over. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on with this team with this conference. But let's hop just straight in with one of our favorite teams, App State. Oh well, uh, yeah, they have an over under of six and a half. Their non con is interesting to say the least. Gardner Webb at UNC. East Carolina at home and at Wyoming. I love that. Great. Heck yeah. Six and a half over under Justin. What are you doing? I'm going over on App State. You know, I normally expect a lot of this team. I'm not expecting as much for them this year, honestly, but only winning seven games. I think that's something App State can do. They could very well win at UNC versus East Carolina at Wyoming. Like they could win any of those games just because they always, they, they can they always beat a dumb team like UNC. Like it's gonna happen. 
Um, other than that, the fun belt is a lot better this year than people give it credit for. It will struggle in the conference, but with the non-con wins, I think it pushes to the over at seven wins. So give that to me. Uh, I'm also at seven wins. I think this is going to be a big step back for App State. Um, they went six and six last year, which obviously wasn't good. Uh, they did have college game day come, um, and they beat Troy and the Hail Mary, which that was, that was awesome. sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just another step back year. Maybe they win seven games. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a 10 win kind of app state that we're accustomed to seeing, but I'm still in the over. Next up, we got Arkansas state. Oh my goodness. The red wolves. They have <laughs> a win total set at four and a half. Um, not great. Their non-con includes a trip to Oklahoma, Memphis at home, okay. Stony Brook oh. at home. Daniel. <laughs> and at UMass in week five. With a win total at four and a half, are you going over or under? Uh, I'm going under. Arkansas State has nothing good to hope for. Um, uh, they got their quarterback from Colorado, who mm. got pushed out because the, the Louis luggage was coming in. Um, they lost everybody on offense. Literally all of their significant players are gone. Give me that under easy. Yeah, easy under for me too. This team will be lucky if it wins three games, and that's including Dan Stony Brook. <laughs> um, we got to convince him to travel to that game. Yeah, heck yeah. He should. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It's pretty close, right? Arkansas and New York somewhat. Um, Maybe. <laughs> um, let's move on to our least favorite team, uh, Coastal Carolina. Yuck. Terrible. Despicable. Um, they play at UCLA. Jacksonville State, Duquesne, and where's the last one? Oh, they play at Army in week 12, over under of seven and a half. Uh, how are you feeling about this Coastal team with surprisingly a lot of returning production given their head coach left? Yeah, I don't know. I think their head coach did a lot for them, though. I think Jamie Chadwell was very good at what he did in that mock triple option, you know, like the, I don't know, it was like a, shotgun triple option that had yeah. a lot more passing um i don't know so that's fun that they get to play at army because they're kind of similar teams in that way yeah um I, I am going under though i think seven wins is the right total for coastal carolina you, at ucla is not going to be easy and then like i said the fun belt is going to be hard this year so i see them getting two seven wins and then losing their last two games to not hit the over which will be disappointing, but that would be absolutely hilarious. I'm here for it. Frick you, Coastal Carolina, under. Yeah, I agree. I think that Ch Jamie Chadwell was why this team was good. Yes, they had good players, but it was the scheme. That's why BYU didn't beat them, because they had two days to prepare for the weirdest offense in college football. Mm -hmm. um, no, this is, this is one of those teams that is going to be good, but is going to lose a lot of close games. Um probably going to have a lot of shootouts. So they're a team to watch on like a Thursday, Wednesday, whatever night when the Sun Belt does their things, you know, team to watch, but they're not going to hit that over seven wins. I also have as well. Um, moving on to Clay Helton and Georgia Southern. Uh, Clay Helton. Beers on the top of the bus. Uh, six and a half up from five and a half. So people are betting the over a lot on this team. Um, they play the Citadel in the non-con along with UAB at Wisconsin and at Ball State. Uh, so going up into Big Ten MAC territory there. Um, they have a very explosive offense, but one of the worst defenses in all of college football. Are you mm -hmm. going over under six and a half? 
See, I had them at six wins, but then I had to give them the Clay Helton effect and bump them over the seven. Uh, <laughs> Clay Helton, dude. I can't believe that guy's still coaching football. Um, but, yeah, I think Georgia Southern's going to be fun. For that reason, I'm going over just because it would be funny if Clay Helton made a bowl at Georgia Southern but couldn't make one at USC his final year. I think that would be absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, what, what else was I going to say about this Georgia Southern team? Oh, uh, they play UAB at home. You can't forget, Lalo Waller, will he be a factor? That is true, Lalo Waller. <laughs> um, I think this team is going to be good. I think they're going to start 4-1, and one, go into the bye, but then they have their tough games coming up. JMU, Marshall, App State, uh, they host Georgia State. Like, I think there's just too many good teams in the Sun Belt. I don't think there's a lot of juggernauts in the Sun Belt, but there's just a lot of losable games. So I see him going over, but still only at like a seven-win clip. Fair enough. Next up, we got a another Georgia directional state school. I don't know. They're, they're actually not directional. It's just a state school. Just a state. Georgia State. We are in Georgia State. I'm in Georgia State country right now, baby, in the city oh. of Peachtree City, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, their win total is set at five and a half, including non-con games versus Rhode Island versus UConn at Charlotte, and then a week 12 matchup at LSU. This is a tough one for me. I, I love Georgia State. Um, They're one of the one of those teams that you kind of have fallen in love with with the last three years, but they were really bad last year. Um, there was a lot to hope for. I think I picked them in like my championship game last year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they went four and eight. Uh, so I'm giving them their deserved treatment and saying that they will only win four games this year. You disappoint me. I will treat you accordingly. I think they only win two of their non-con games and then maybe two Sunbelt games. I just, I just don't think they're that good this year. Give me that under. I'm going to disagree with you here. I think I'm going over on this school Ooh. just because I think Georgia State's a fun team. I like them. Yeah. They have a they're in a recruiting hotbed, man. Georgia State can get those like three-star guys that get passed up on by Georgia and by these other SEC schools. Hidden gems that he they can steal because they're in this Atlanta area. So I think that they have a very favorable non-con schedule where they will get at least 3 wins. And then the question is can they win three games in the Sun Belt? They did it last year. I think they'll do it again. All right. I I, I don't think that's completely out of the question. Their quarterback, Darren Granger, is really good. Uh, their explosive offense, bad defense. I, they're another fun team to watch, so I'm excited to see if they'll go bowling again. Uh, let's move on to James Madison, and we have another grievance to air. They're still ineligible for the postseason. Yes, for two years. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. They could still theoretically play in the conference championship game, right? Because that is not controlled by the NCAA. The conference decided that if you are not eligible for postseason play, then you will not be playing in the conference championship game. So they don't, it's not an NCAA rule that they can't, but the conference has decided that they can. Frick the fun belt, man. I know. Uh, There is a contingency. If like last year, there are not enough six win teams jmu if they have six wins could be selected uh but it doesn't mean they're going bowling just because they have six wins if that makes sense fine they have a win total of eight and a half they play bucknell at virginia at utah state and yukon at home in the non-con uh plus they're in that loaded side of the division 
with App State, with Coastal, with Marshall. Uh, eight and a half wins. Are you going over or under? I'm going over on the Dukes. Remember, this is not Duke, but they are the Dukes. The Dukes. Um, <laughs> the Dukes. Um, honestly, I think this is going to be a, a very good team. I think they could possibly even hit 10 wins, uh, get, depending on how the dominoes fall. JMU was ready for this transition to the FBS. They were built up. They were ready to go, and they are still ready. They haven't lost a ton. They have 71% returning production. I think they are going to be very good. Give me the over. Uh, I would love to be with you on the over. I love this team. I love rooting for JMU. I just – there's too many hard games on the schedule. I don't know. I see a loss at Troy. I see South Alabama as a loss. Um, I see Marshall as a loss because you're going to Marshall. And then I think App State and Coastal, I think you're going to split that to end the season. I think eight and four is is most likely for me, but I will be rooting wholeheartedly for them to hit the over because I love this team. Fair enough. Next up, we got a team that's near and dear to our hearts because they were on on an Applebee's on a random weekday. The University <laughs> of Louisiana Lafayette, the Ragin' Cajuns, have a win total set at seven and a half. Their non-conference includes Northwestern at home, at Old Dominion, at UAB, and Buffalo at home. That's kind of a fun non-con. Yeah, that's kind of a fun non-con. I'm not mad about that at all. Yeah. With a win total set at seven and a half, are you going over or under, Jared? Um, I'm going to go under here. I have six wins on the schedule. I think they might get seven, but I don't think you're getting eight. Um, they, I don't know. Ever since Billy Napier left, it's just kind of been a struggle to regain their identity, regain their their prowess. They used to win the Sun Belt like every year, I swear. It was them mm-hmm. or App State. And I just don't think they're back yet. I think seven wins. I think they lose Northwestern, Buffalo, Minnesota, South Alabama, Southern Miss, Troy. Like I said, you can get one more, but you're not going to get two more, so I'm going under. Yeah, I'm going under two. I think they'll also get the six wins. Like you said, they've struggled to find their identity ever since Billy Napier left. I don't know. It just hasn't been the same Ragin' Cajuns team. It just kind of seems like they're Cajuns now. They're not Ragin'. That's which true. Which is not what you need to win in the fun belt. I'm going under. That's the best take we've ever heard on this podcast, I think. They're not, Ca- they're not Ragin' Cajuns. They're just Cajuns. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, next up, we have Marshall. We are Marshall. They came to the Sun Belt last year. What they went nine and four, uh, five and three in the Sun Belt. They were pretty good. The offense was just super inconsistent, um, not near good enough. Uh, but their defense was incredible. Top fifty defense, in fact, which is better than a lot of FPS or uh, P five teams. Um, seven and a half up from seven, so people are betting the over on this team. Um, they have a week three bye, which hmm. you fans know what that means. Um, it, it, that means 10 straight games. So that's going to be brutal. Uh, their non-con is Albany or Albany, whatever you want to say there. At East Carolina, Virginia Tech comes to Marshall. I think that's a fun one. Um, and then they go to NC State. So they have a really fun non-con. I think they're going to be good, but seven and a half. Are you going over and under, Justin? I am part of the reason this total is getting pushed up. I'm going over. Oh. Um. I'm actually really high on Marshall. I was really high on Marshall last year, picked them to go to the um, Sun Belt Championship game. 
I think that they will be extremely good again this year. I, I do think they have the tools. They have a really good defense. The offense should be good, maybe, question mark. I don't know. We'll see. Um, they weren't great last year, but they do have a lot returning, so maybe they will be better. Who knows? Their non-con doesn't do them a ton of favors, but I think that they'll do very well in the fun belt, bringing them to an over. I agree with you. I think it's an over. I don't know if they're going to be quite the powerhouse um, that they want to be, uh, cause I think they want to come in and they want to make conference championship games. I think they have a very high ceiling and also a pretty high floor. Um, and so I think eight wins is, is most probable. Um, if you lose to NC state, you lose to Virginia tech, you split the coastal app state GMU, and then you have South Bama. I think it's going to be tough to get to eight, but I think their defense is good enough that they can get there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And next up in the fun belt, we got a school. It's a school, all right. Um, not much, not much of a football team. It's, a, it, it's more of a school. Yes. Uh, we got Old Dominion University. They have a win total set at three and a half. Their non-con is including Virginia Tech, um, Wake Forest, Texas A&M Commerce. Oh. And a road trip to Liberty. Yeah. Do we do? Do I even need to ask you on this one, Jared? Under. This is the team that fired me from NCAA 14 after winning 10 games and missing out by <laughs> one game on the Conference USA uh, Championship. Uh, frick Old Dominion, bro. Get them the frick out of my face. I don't want to see them. They disgust me. Maybe win two games this year. Slam the under. Yeah, Old Dominion's only redeeming quality is Taylor Heineke. After that, frick you, under. <laughs> I'm glad we agree. Uh, let's move on to South Alabama. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was very high on South Alabama this year. Um, I I like this team. I love this team. Um, NCAA 14, sneaky good team, South Alabama. Um, went to eight and a half, up from eight. They went 10-3 last year, 7-1 in the Sun Belt. They lost a stinker to Troy, a really ugly game, and missed yeah. out on the Sun Belt title game. But they were one of the best teams in all of the G5 last year. Their non-con is at Tulane, banger, Selah. Mm -hmm. uh, then mm -hmm. they go to Oklahoma State. I, that is a raise your eyebrow game. That is Mike Gundy watch. That is that is Sicko's red alert. Um, mm -hmm. And then they get Central Michigan coming to town. Justin, are you going over under eight and a half? This is a tough one for me, but I'm going under uh, just because their non-con includes a trip to at Tulane and at Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State. Oh. Um, I do think they'll go 6-2 and two in the Sun Belt probably. Their non-con just doesn't do them any favors, so I think they get to eight wins, which puts them at an under. Uh, I am going to disagree with you on this one. I'm very high on the Jaguars again. The uh, Jaguar. On my horrific road trip that I took when I – all of our flights got canceled and I had to drive 18 hours from Dallas to Tampa. Um, we drove through Mobile and the signs they had up in the town about South Alabama were very surprising. I did not expect that from a Sunbelt team. I, I'm sure you're experiencing the same thing in Atlanta, but they go hard in recruiting and in self-promotion. Like they care. Yeah. Um, they return almost every starter on defense. They return their quarterback, their running back, who is one of the best in all of G5, and most of their wide receivers and four offensive linemen. I think this is going to be a much improved offense. Defense is going to stay one of the best in the group of five. 
give me the over. I think they're going 10 wins. I'm, I'm pretty strong in this over. So I'm excited to watch them disappoint me in some way. <laughs> the next up we got Southern Miss. Oh man, they missed. All right. Their <laughs> win total is set at five. Southern Miss will host Alcorn State, play at Florida State, and get Tulane at home. They wrap up their non-con with a uh, – where is it at? Uh, uh, week 12. Why can't I find – oh, yeah, there it is. Mississippi State. I just saw a miss, and I thought that that was <laughs> like we accidentally put them again on themselves on their schedule. Sorry, they play at Mississippi State in week 12. Their win total is around five. Are you going over or under, Jared? <sighs> this one's hard for me. I think they're going to be better. I just don't see a ton of wins on here. At, like – I think – so they need to get the six, right, to hit the over. I yeah. think you're going to get Alcorn State, Arkansas State, Texas State, Old Dominion, ULM with no problem. Like, you're going to get to five. But where is the other win going to come from? At Florida State, definitely not. Tulane, no. You go to South Bama, to App State, to Louisiana, to Mississippi State, and Troy at home. I just I just don't see another win. I think they might beat, like, 70% of the Sun Belt teams – but they just have such a hard schedule that 30% is anyone on their schedule. I'm going under just because I know the over is not going to happen. So I'm going push to under. Fair enough, man. I'm going push to over on this one. I do think Ooh. that they will get that sixth win. They went six and six last year. And True. I honestly don't think they're much worse than they were last year. Um, they're probably about the same as they were as a team. The fun belt is getting better, though, so I could see why you would go push the under. I just think Southern Miss is one of those hilarious teams that does <laughs> dumb things, which puts me at an over for Southern Miss. They do have Frank Gore Jr. He is very, very, very good. Uh, son of the 49ers running back who is third in career rush yards in the NFL. So mm-hmm. uh, he's a name to know for sure. Southern Miss is not one of the teams that you just want to skip over on a Friday night. You want to watch this team. Exactly. Texas State. Uh, win total of four. Uh, their uh, stats are bad, to say the to say the least. They are 128 in returning production and 128 in SP plus. Non-con includes at Baylor, at UTSA, Nevada, and Jackson State. Um, over or under four, Justin? Um, negative four. <laughs> under Texas State. I mean. They didn't have a good team last year, and the only talent they had on their team immediately got poached. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Um, Their new head coach is from Incarnate Word, who's had an incredible offense at the FCS level. So I think there's reason to hope for the future, but this year is going to be a dumpster fire. So definitely the under there. Next up, we got Troy, the reigning fun belt champions. Their win total is set at eight and a half. Their season starts with the game versus Stephen F. Austin University, then a trip to Kansas State. Their non-con wraps up with a game versus Western Kentucky in week four and at Army week seven. Once again, win total set at an odd eight and a half. Are you going over or under? There's a lot of eight and a halves here in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Um, they have one of the best defenses, if not the best defense, in all of the group of five. That is what won them all of their games last year, basically. If the offense can just take, like, a small step forward, I think this is going to be a great team. They do have a, a new offensive line. Basically, the entire offensive line is new, so that's going to really depend how good they are. 
Um, quarterback Gunnar Watson has a really cool name, uh, but he's kind of inconsistent, and the running backs only averaged like barely more than three yards per carry. So that's like BYU bad. Um, so I, if the offense can take even half a step forward, I think they'll hit the over. And I, I just think they will. Um, maybe it's just because Troy is a cool name for uh, a college a ta- a team and that they beat LSU like 10 years ago or something. So I'm going to give them the over, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him go under just because that offense, there's not a lot to hope for. I wouldn't be surprised if they went under too. That's why I'm picking the under. Um, I think week seven at Army is a very sneaky game. Um, right before that's, the bye. That's just a very, very sleepy mid-October before the bye. You're just trying to get to the next week. That's a very tricky game in my opinion. They have to go to Kansas State, and then they also have trips to Georgia State. Formidable. Texas State, formidable. No, their their road schedule is absolutely <laughs> easy. But I do think there are tough teams in the fun belt this year. They have to play JMU. They have to play Western Kentucky in that non-con game. They have to play Louisiana Lafayette. So give me the under. I think eight wins is appropriate. Yeah. Um, finally, let's move on to ULM. Under. <laughs> yes. Okay. Moving on. Um, what are some of your most important games, your most exciting games to watch? uh in the sunbelt conference um my most important game to watch in my humble opinion is jmu at marshall i think that will be a very fun game i think those two teams will be competing for the top of the sunbelt the most exciting game to watch in my opinion will be app state at unc it will either be a 45 to 40 shootout or it will be a like eight to six absolute dumbo fest either of which will be very entertaining to watch I would love that. Get like seven or eight total turnovers, win on like a blocked field goal return for a touchdown, the only touchdown mm-hmm. in the game. Yep. That'd be great. Um, my most important game is South Alabama at Troy. I think these two teams are going to be the best in the Sun Belt again. Um, and then my most exciting game will be Coastal at Georgia Southern. I think both of these teams have absolutely terrible and horrific uh, defenses. Um, and so I think it's going to be very fun. It'll be a very uh, – It'll be a shootout um, for sure. Uh, as far as bold predictions go, I'm excited to hear yours. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what you have planned, but I, I think I know where you're going with this one. Yeah, I think in principle, JMU will win the Sun Belt. Um, it makes me absolutely hor- horrified to hear that the Fun Belt will not be fun in the postseason and will not let JMU play even if they qualify. The True. NCAA will not let them play in a bowl game. NCAA, you freaking suck. Why Why is that even a rule? Just stop. What? Just stop. It makes no sense. No matter how many times you try to explain it, it's dumb. Anyway, yeah, JMU will be one of the best teams in the Sun Belt, but will not receive what they deserve. Uh, I like that. I think we should downgrade the Fun Belt from the Sun Belt. Or yep. to the Sun Belt. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Effective immediately? No more Effective immediately. Okay. They are just the Sun Belt. Just the Sun Belt. Shame. Shame on you, Sun Belt. Shame. Um, I'm kind of in between two bold predictions. One of them is very bold. Uh, one of them is not so very bold. Give so us the I'm very gonna bold. With, I'm going to go with the very bold one. Uh, <laughs> a Sun Belt team will go to the New Year Six this year. Oh. I don't know who it's going to be, but one of the Sun Belt teams is going to have one loss, win the conference championship, and they'll be the highest ranked group of five team 
I don't think they're going to maybe be good enough to compete in the New Year's Six, but I think they will be the highest ranked group of five, 11 and one, 12 and one, going to New Year's Six. Count it out, baby. I probably not going to happen, but I'm calling it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, who do you have as your contenders and who do you have as your conference winner? Uh, this is a tough one. I think, I don't know which division's which. I don't follow the whole thing. I think it's going to be South Alabama and Troy in their division. They're going to be the contenders. And then in the other division, I want to say JMU, but it doesn't count, right? It doesn't count. So, it, I don't know. It counts. Um, it counts. It counts? Okay. In uh, our hearts. Then JMU and Marshall uh, from that division. And I think this, the conference title game will probably, I'm going to say South Alabama goes this time and beats whoever it is from the other division, which is probably going to be Marshall or App State, even though they finished below JMU in the the, the standings. Um, JMU is going to be held out again. Um, and so I'm going to go to South Alabama winning it. And I guess now going to the New Year Six. Yeah, I agree that South Alabama will be in the championship game. Um, I don't care who else it is because it should be JMU. I want JMU. JMU will be my winner. JMU, JMU, JMU. I like it. I like it. You're a man of principle. I'm a man of principle. (laughs) Jinx. Um, Well, that about wraps it up for us here. Uh, Do you have any parting thoughts before we get out of here, either on the Sun Belt, Southeastern Cowards, or the humidity in Georgia? I don't know. Uh, I'm on the Eastern time zone. It's getting late. I'm sleepy. But um, I hope that meant my takes got increasingly hot. I would love it if they did. Um, but, yeah, we we love you guys. And this was freaking sick. Um, screw the NCAA. Um, fun belt is now the sun belt. Um, and uh, screw the rock board. Yeah. I think that about sums it up. Uh, let's get you to bed, man. Adios. Thanks for joining for this episode of Royal Strong and True. Make sure you leave a review if you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Goodbye now.